My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Mmm, ooh, guys, you have great questions. Again, who in the hell writes these questions? I know you do, but my God, these are great. Um, wow. Uh, I thought this was going to be an easy question. Usually you get to the last question. It's like, just take it home. Um, that is a really good question. So, Because the hardest thing as a creator and I would say an entrepreneur it, are the voices in your head that say, well, is this going to really work? Is this the right time? They're all valid questions, but you have to put them in order. You really got to measure how loud that voice is. Hello and welcome to Tiny Giants, the creator economy show where the focus is on career over celebrity. I am your host, T. Adela, your favorite former 400 pounder getting you fit on all things creator economy. Man, listen, that was just a taste, a tease, a smidge of the pure, unadulterated awesome that is this interview. So just a bit of context, the voice that you just heard is our guest for today's interview, Liberty White. Liberty and I shared the stage at a SCORE event back in Atlanta. It had to be 2016, 2017, and we stayed in touch And a few years ago, she and I co-hosted a LinkedIn Live web series called Breakfast and Convos. It was her show. She produced everything. I just showed up, talked left. She handled all the video production. She scheduled the guests. Well, most of the guests. I had a couple of them. And it was just a very well done production. So I know from personal professional experience that when it comes to this video marketing thing, sis is no slouch. Liberty White is CEO at Chosen Media a boutique video marketing and live stream production agency in Atlanta and Toronto, Canada. That's right. She's international with it. With nearly 20 years of experience, Liberty has worked to create solutions to address social and business needs for organizations, including but not limited to ESPN, the United Negro College Fund, the Georgia Department of Economic Development, Rolling Out and ATL WebFest the first web series festival in the Southeast region of the United States. When she's not fundraising or building Chosen Media Kids, a digital entertainment and ed tech platform where parents can find diverse content and programming to help black children see themselves as the heroes, leaders, and stars of their own stories, she's trying to learn how to play Roblox with her daughter. My conversation with Liberty White is next on Tiny Giants. Liberty, thanks so much for joining me. 
I am so happy to be here, T. I'm excited for this conversation. Thank you. Yes, we're getting the band back together again. I'm here for it. So, Reunited and that's right. so good. Uh-huh. This is the I think that's the first vocals we've had on the show. And they're actually good because it's not me singing, because that's <laughs> that doesn't turn out well for anybody. So thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I wanted to have you on because, you know, video is hot right now. Video has been hot as a digital marketing trend for a while now, but especially with YouTube finally embracing podcasts, got a bonafide video marketing expert on the show. And what I found, especially, and I saw this when I was teaching, is that video, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. and and I want to get your take, is that video is the most befuddling content format for people. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. So when I was an adjunct instructor at a number of universities, the student mix was a mix of career switchers, folks mm-hmm. who have never um, delved into digital marketing at all, and then some entrepreneurs. Okay. And of course, as you know, entrepreneurs, they shoot their shot, right? Okay. And we <laughs> told them, and I was very explicit, yo, I cannot consult for you. I cannot give it. It's a conflict of interest. It is strictly prohibited by the universities. Now, because we are in an academic setting, if you ask me a hypothetical question, I can give you a hypothetical answer. But so just to be very clear. Yeah. Like, you know, I always, cause I get it. I, I, I was in that shoe. I'm still in that boat. But it's like, you know, I was very clear, like, yo, I, I can't give you consulting advice, but, you know, ask your question. I, I'll do my best to give you an intelligent response. Mm-hmm. And so inevitably, my entrepreneur uh, students would try to, you know, pimp the instructor for free consulting, uh, <laughs> which is fine because it, it goes with the game. But I would have several students come up to me and be like, we tried YouTube and it didn't work. We're like, hmm, mm-hmm. interesting. OK. Right. And so. You run over to their YouTube channel and you do a quick analysis. You pop open TubeBuddy or VidIQ or whatever, or you just do a quick and dirty, like whatever you see. And inevitably, the SEO on the channel is trash, mm. right? Just just straight garbage. And so, you you know, you do your quick analysis and go back to them and say, hey, I looked at your channel. This is what I saw. You know, fix all of this trash SEO. And then mm-hmm. you start to see results in a few weeks to a few months. And inevitably, I met with a vacant expression. What is SEO? Boom. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, and that's what I mean by video befuddles people because mass media has trained us all that when I see a piece of video content, that means you are either going to entertain me or you are going to inform me. And if right. you're really good at what you do, you're going to do both at the same right. time. Right. right. Edutainment. You're going to entertain and inform at the same time. People don't think about YouTube as a search engine, which it is. Right. And, you know, the SEO is not a number two behind their parent company. Right. And they, it, it's not a natural jump for a lot of people. Right. Right. And so I'm really, really happy to because because I dabble. I do a little something. I, I wouldn't describe myself as shabby, but I'm I'm not in the trenches like you. So I'm very, very, very happy to have you on to talk about this topic as it is, you know, one of the bastions of the creator economy. But no one starts as, you know, the the, the top of the field, the bona fide expert, the sought after international speaker people. Like I yes. say again, international speaker. 
Okay. Just drop, I'll, I'll put in some sound effects, drop the mic right here. So um, tell us that story. Take us on that journey because, you know, in theory, you could have been anything, right? You could really? have been an astrophysicist. You could have been the president. You could have been Neil deGrasse, type, whatever you wanted to be, but you landed where you landed. So tell us that story on, you know, how you chose your lane. Yes. Well, I, I thank you for the, the, the accolades and always being like one of my number one supporters. And I'll say I probably couldn't have been the president because I am a native of Toronto, Canada. So I think there's some kind of rule, even though I have dual citizenship. Hey, if we adopted I'm... Drake, I don't see why you can't be president. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But as I shared, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm a native of, of Toronto, Canada. And when I think about it, it's so interesting how life is like, they say hindsight is 2020, you know, and it took a while. It wasn't until maybe a few years ago that I realized that my mom, so my parents are Jamaican um, immigrants to Canada. So I'm a first, as they say, first generation Canadian. And we have albums of photos and it just hit me talking to my mom how she loves taking pictures because I never really got that connect of how that that arts and the video and always wanting to capture moments. But my mom, having not had like a camera when they were younger in Jamaica or things like that, once she was able to, she was always capturing moments, which if you think about what video is, it's really documenting moments in time. You know, if you for whether it be special events, whether it be a thought you want to share, the whole rise of vlogging, which is really a lot of what built YouTube and a lot of YouTube influencers was them documenting their stories, documenting that day in the life of um, and then the transition to your point of information and the makeup videos and tutorials and all of that. So I say now I see a lot of where that came from for me, but Uh, My origin story is really when I was in, and I did that in high school too, which again, I have all these VHS tapes. That tells you, if you know, because there might be some parents listening or some people listening, VH what? Yeah, it was just after the the eight tracks and the cassette tapes, the big old VHS looks like a book (laughs) tapes. And OGs over in this space, you know, we ain't new to this, we true to this, feel me? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, I would capture things at school. I remember when I was in grade eight and I told, I was a valedictorian for my class and I told my dad. Congratulations. Thank you. And and not even realizing these moments and how they made an impact. But I I told my dad, you're probably going to want to record this. Like what eight-year-old says to their parent, like, you're probably going to want to record this because just in preparing my speech, there were just, I knew there were so many comedic moments in there and compared to the other, because each class had one, compared to the other folks, I'm sure that their speeches were probably going to be more straightforward. But I was coming with the the Jamaican twang, the slang, like all of that mixed into um, my speech. And my dad, you know, ended up getting a, a, v, a VHS camcorder because um, that's what they called them back in the day. So fast forward to now getting into university and I studied, it was a major in English, uh, sorry, a major, yeah, major in sociology minor English and French. And my goal was to be a like a social worker and to, you know, I love to help people. I love to help kids. I was also 
um, a behavioral assistant and that is working with kids with ADHD, autistic kids. So that was some of the part-time work I did in university. But there was this moment where I said, oh, you know what? If I go to college, and mind you, at that time, university and colleges were kind of a little different um, in, in Canada. Like if I go to college, and that's the more hands-on side of things, and I go take this like web development, and I learn how to make websites on the side, I can make money while I'm at school. So this is like 19, 20 years old with this mindset. So, you know, as a parent, I am much more sensitive to what my my daughter is, you know, what she's doing and what she's paying attention to and trying to cultivate those things because at that's like what 20 years ago for me like imagine if I actually buckled down and I was doing video like hardcore at that time. But anyhow, um the web management on the on the side got that that certificate and then fast forward um I don't know if I've told this part of the story but I was on student loans at school and one year they said hey yeah we checked the income and your parents make too much money. My dad, who is right, right. Do you feel that? Those of you listening, did you did you feel that in the pit of your stomach? And I'm like, how sway? My dad is disabled and getting a disability check. So how are you saying that we make too much money? So had to stop school mid-year. And because uh, we didn't, one, you don't anticipate that kind of expense of having to now pay for school. And I shared that with a mentor. He's now passed, uh, Fitzroy Gordon. And that name may be new to some, but for those who are in Canada and or in Jamaica, he is one of the first founders of a Black radio station. Again, I say that and how important that is because he's number two (laughs) behind Denim Jolly, which was like in the 90s, Flow 93.5 at that time. That was the first. So Canada is like, Canada is not a new country. And for it to be the first time that a Black person is behind a media outlet. So him being the number two, that being huge. And when I came to work with him, that was the beginning of him getting petition letters to get, because here you've got to petition the government to get a signal and like all of this stuff. So I was a part of that, helping with the letters, helping to put that out. So having that early and not realizing for where I am now, that that determination and that fortitude and that persistence and what do they say, gravitas, all of that has now helped me here. Now, I only spent maybe a, a couple years with him because then I went to Dallas and I got a, I was part of a journalism program and I could say the rest of history, we might get into to more of that, but that Dallas job led me to working at Rolling Out, uh, an urban magazine. They've now, I believe, pivoted that they're online. They've been online for a while, but that web management program that I did because I said, let me do this side hustle was again, as a, um, as an immigrant to the U S was what enabled me to get a job here because of doing that. And not only getting a job, but working at one of the leading black 
urban publications and being the web director. So I was the web manager and, you know, just those seemingly unknown moments where you have an idea, you might not be sure where it's going to go, but it's like a seed that you've planted that it it comes to harvest later on because that's what brought me to Atlanta and ultimately creating video content on the MARTA buses in Atlanta and the video journey, you know, really kicked off from there. And yes, this is the first time you've ever told me that. We've known each other for years now and I never yes. knew that about what well, I knew you were a mogul. I, I always <laughs> knew you were a mogul, but I didn't know you were a mogul starting at eight and were a part of Canadian history. That is so dope. I love it. So given where you stand, right? Because mm-hmm. one of the benefits of being a giant is that you have that bird's eye view. You know, you're you're up on the, the penthouse floor, 10, 20, 30 stories up, and you can see for miles. So mm-hmm. given that perspective, based on your experiences, are there any non-obvious traps, any elephants in the room that you would advise people who are just getting into the space, or if you could even go back and talk to your younger self? Ooh, that is such a good question. And I think it ties into what I am seeing now as traps. But then even speaking to my younger self, I would really speak to my mental state. And what I mean by that is the confidence factor. And because if you are someone who you see something and it's like everybody is left, but you're like, mm, I feel like I should try this. And this is right. And and there are, if it's kind of like little to no one is in that space to stick with it, that you don't have to follow the crowd. And it takes time to build enough confidence to trust your inner voice, to trust that you've got, even if you're testing out an idea, to trust that it's okay to go right. So I would definitely speak like, hey, Libs, yeah, no one's putting content on buses. Who wants to put video content on a bus? Like, that's not the thing. People are going to network television. People are pitching Hollywood. But unbeknownst at that time, it's like, oh, you're carving a space. Like, our content, the shows we were doing is called Only in the A. And the reason that show even came up was I was riding on the bus uh, on my way to rolling out, on my way to work every morning. And I'm watching this because I thought the content was cool. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This tells me all about these people and these amazing talent, amazing artists in Miami. It's telling me about what's happening in LA. It's telling me what's happening in Chicago. But I'm writing it here in Atlanta. Like, what? And it was in that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a show and pitch it to them for it to be on the buses. And I did that and it took some time. But if I had said, well, you know, it's going to be too much or too daunting or any of that, like trusting my gut that that was that was the move because the content on the bus, that was 30 and 60 second pieces. The significance of that, that's 2008. People weren't making snackable content in 2008. You're only, you're really only looking at maybe TV commercials, but now where you have the rise of the rise and fall of Vine, (laughs) Musical.ly, which has now become TikTok, Instagram, which has followed TikTok and created reels and created stories and created all of those things. So the reason that we create content so seamlessly is I have been doing this for a long time because I trusted that voice that said, oh, let me try this. 
And so that's what I would say is the the elephant in the room is to to trust your gut and to really believe in yourself because the hardest thing as a creator and I would say an entrepreneur it, are the voices in your head that say, well, is this going to really work? Is this the right time? They're all valid questions, but you have to put them in order. You really got to measure how loud that voice is because that is this the right time could be, yeah, you might, you might need to pause or you might need to slow your roll or you might need to ask someone else, but not to the point of, is that voice going to cause you to stop moving when momentum is everything and the need for, and I'll, I'll say maybe the other part to that is the need for community and community doesn't have to be a lot of people, but community as someone else that when you do have an idea or when you feel like you're not on point or this might not work, that you have someone that you can pick up the phone and call. We've T, we've done that for each other. You know, Absolutely. I've called you and 100%. I've been like, okay, T, uh, like, uh, I don't know. And, you know, talk it out. Or you've called me, hey, Lib, I've got, the, you know, having that, those people on your, that you can pull up and you can call them. You can touch them. I would say those, those two things, mindset and community. Absolutely love it. And I count myself blessed to have you in mind. I always have. So we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to continue our conversation with Tiny Giant Liberty White. Stay tuned. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And we're back. So, Liberty. One of the benefits of being a giant is not only a perspective, but you get to throw your weight around. You get to reshape the landscape and actually make big moves that you want to see. So how are you using your position and your experience to reshape the landscape for the better? Yes, I would say, especially within the last two years, specifically with just before the pandemic or even coming <laughs> at the start of it was the the launch of Chosen Media Kids. And I, I, I'm a mom. I now have a dynamic eight-year-old. And I remember, and years before, I'd actually tried some kids content because I remember sitting on the bed, combing her hair and she was, she had her iPad, you know, we, that's what we do. Keep them busy. She had her iPad out and she was scrolling through 
YouTube. And I just remember as she was looking for, for programs that mm, they were lighter in, in, <laughs> in imagery <laughs> as she's scrolling. And just the, the reminder that there wasn't, there weren't too many people that she was watching that looked like her. And I remember calling a friend and we did some tech, tech kind of like those steam kit activities for, for kids. I think we did, we started that in like 2016, but as some creators might find, it's like the balance of creating something and trying to create something from scratch and having to pay the bills. So it's like, we recorded a couple videos, but I needed to focus on client work because this wasn't something yet that had gotten that far. And then I stopped. And then, you know, four years later, it's like, oh, okay, no, Chosen Media Kids, because we had Ahmaud Aubrey, we had um, Brianna Taylor, we had George Floyd, like all of those back to back. And it just was like, you know what? Now's the time because our kids are, and again, we're in COVID. So our kids, they're engaging with content all the more. And why not it be putting content where they can see themselves as the heroes, leaders, and stars of their own stories? Like, not having to have someone else create something that doesn't someone who may not have the cultural understanding the way I do or the intentionality of the people that we work with do. So that's where the space that I, I'm filling and on our focus on, as I shared with you, just my store, my backstory of being like the arts, but then the technology side of things and our focus on steam. And I emphasize that arts part because in music, there's still technology. <laughs> in dance and movement, there is science. So really bringing all of these words worlds together so that our kids can see opportunities and see the world from a different lens. And if I can share too, like even while I was at Rolling Out, uh, there was a teacher that reached out to see if anybody would speak to the students. And at that time, it was St. Elizabeth High School, which was an alternative school for students who may have had some challenges with the system, but then also trying to get their GED. And I was adamant about going. And I remember when I I went that the kids were like, first of all, they were like, Wait, you're they're black people in Canada? That was the first one. Drake had not popped yet. He was he was like a year later <laughs> that Drake popped up. But then they were also very, their minds were blown that a black woman was in the technology space. Like it's the first time that they had engaged with someone who was, you know, whether you say the graphic design, because I showed them things like that, but actually building out web pages to the point that some of those kids now decided to study graphic design. Some of those kids started to go into programming. Some of those kids were looking at animation. So taking that history is, those are the things that drive me to be, because T, you've experienced that, this as well, that sometimes the rooms that we go in, especially in this tech or this marketing space, we would be excited to see you and I and maybe a couple other people in the room mm -hmm. like that <laughs> it's very scant. Yeah, so if very, can, very scant. Yeah. If we can not make it normal for them to see faces like ours, then if you can see it, you can be it. You know, and that's like some after school special language there. <laughs> but it's that, the truth. 
Yeah, that's that's part uh part of it. So that's one aspect of it. Also, there's this global community of tech and media professionals where um again, they were they came to life out of COVID. It's called Office Hours, officehours.global, and I watched for a number of months. It was sometime last year, the beginning of last year. I said, "You know what? I'm going to be on the panel uh and I'll answer questions. All it, it's a 2-hour Zoom on Zoom every single day. They've not missed a day. Earlier this week, we celebrated a thousand episodes and it's answering people's tech and media questions. And in doing that, they asked me to host a day. So I started hosting Mondays and I've been doing that for the past year. And it's showing up in a space that again, traditionally looks, you know, older white male space. And so you also have like the number of women, there's a certain number of them, the number of um, other ethnicities, that's a thing. But then to to show up as a woman, as a Black woman, to show, and then with the knowledge, the media and the tech knowledge, just showing up in spaces, like we can do so much. And that's what Tiny, Tiny Giants is about, showing up in these spaces that you are you know, grounded in what you know, what you can teach, what you can share, and your people will find you. Because I've received tweets, received DMs from people who said, wow, I didn't know or thank you because I'm a woman in audio. I'm an audio engineer. And even though I'm not an audio engineer, they see me show up in this space. So those are the ways that I, I see that I can just be me, but be visible and make impact. Absolutely. And that impact matters, man, because it's getting better, but there's still a way to go. And so that representation really, really matters. And I love you for it. So last question, I want to be respectful of your time and I appreciate your time, is that I want to get your parental perspective on just the creator economy, but video in specific, because some of the sort of marquee stats, the two stats that this podcast was founded on, is that according to a study by Lego and Harris Poll, three times as many kids want to be YouTubers than astronauts. Mm. And then you follow up this stat with a global, uh, earlier this year, I want to say it was September of this year, Adobe came out with a global survey, global survey that said that 49% of Gen Z intend to pursue content creation as a career. And as a parent, this sort of gives me heartburn because of a little something called the law of large numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So the the if everybody gets into the space, then it becomes oversaturated. There's that much more noise and it's that much more difficult to bubble to the top. And you're going to have a lot of young folks fall by the wayside. So I'm generally a very, you know, po- or at least I try to be a very optimistic, very positive person, but these are some large numbers. And I don't think that um, young people necessarily have a appreciation for that because they approach the creator economy either through the lens of celebrity or Mm -hmm. art. And so parent to parent, talk me off the ledge, re-encourage me. Like what, what, what is your perspective of those stats and how would you encourage parents to encourage their children? We don't want our kids to be left behind. So the importance of if they have an interest in 
in if it's YouTube, if it's Twitch, if it's if it's TikTok. Again, as a parent, you're we're their first teachers. So of course, watching and safeguarding, maybe doing some digital literacy for ourselves so that we we're always uh, abreast of what's changing. But because we don't want our kids left behind, we need to, there are ways that we can do more to encourage them because if this is where their interest is, then that's a, it's a great learning opportunity. So if anything, I would say I'm trying to, I would encourage us to reframe it. So it's not, they're not wasting their time because they're learning how to make something. They're learning how to strategize. They, there was a a video I was watching the other day where this lady was speaking and teaching her son was in the background, but she shared how her son has like over a hundred thousand followers for whatever channel, like gaming channel that he does. Because once the kid, once a child sees traction and they see reward, then they're like, oh, they want to do more. Like it's positive reinforcement. So if they see that, those are things that might cause them, oh, go watch another video. Oh, let's let's research together. So there are opportunities for building as a family, building with your with your child. But again, more importantly, is helping them to think and to create, like making something. And if their channel does not blow up or their channel, they don't have a lot of traction, that is okay. That is another life lesson. It's again, the entrepreneur side of things. Like you have an idea, you put it out there, your customers don't like it. That's okay. What can you change? So there's just so many opportunities for bringing our kids into the creator economy so that they can learn how to problem solve. They can learn how to build. They can learn how to monetize. When it comes to the creator economy, and I really think about how we as parents, so I have my my parent hat on, but then I also have the entrepreneur educator hat on. And I think that there's a, a great opportunity for our kids to get in where they fit in. And what I mean by that is that if we, just like I shared with talking to that school, to the kids at the school, there are ways that they can get involved that are not all in front of the camera. So let's, let's not just because we, you know, they want being on YouTube, they don't have to be in front of the camera on YouTube, but it could be that it's screen sharing and they're showing something like if they draw last year for Kwanzaa for Chosen Media Kids, we had a week where she got a new uh, Apple Pencil for her iPad. So I found some graphic designers that I knew and all week they were teaching how to draw something or how to do something. So if there's a way that you can help your that we can help our children to because the act of creating something is timeless. <laughs> It just happens to be that now we're using video. Now the focus is on content. But if we can instill the principles of, oh, you've got an idea. Let's see how we can execute this idea. Oh, okay. So you're having some trouble where this, your video doesn't look the way you want it to. I always ask my daughter, I said, so how are we going to solve this? Because for me, it's most important that she think through things that it's not just like, oh, she's frustrated and she can't do something and she abandons it. So 
in in her, you know, her drawing, in her putting, you know, content up online, things like that. I'm always looking for the lessons in it and the way that I can teach her. So those are just my thoughts on why we should um, be open to it, because I would hate that this you're listening to this podcast right now, you're on the fence, and a year or two from now, you have a woulda, shoulda, could've mentality and and regrets because it, it's because right now YouTube is still free. It's the time equity that we put into it. There's still a way to try something and introduce your child to possibilities. That's what it is at the end of the day. Tremendous. That was a master's class, folks, from a bona fide mogul since she was eight. So Liberty, this has been absolutely amazing. Nothing left to do but roll out the red carpet. Please tell us about any giant projects you got coming out, any new seasons, any books you're writing, all your content. Give us your social media handle. Take us away. Yes. Thank you, T. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I always... I always love not only supporting, but what you do, the space that you occupy, the space that you're taking up and your heartbeat for kids and and making sure that they're engaged. I salute you and I just appreciate you for allowing me to ride your coattails on on this journey. And this is this is I don't want to say like breaking news, but I haven't shared this anywhere. But we are working on Afro Steam Labs. And that is a space where it's going to enable kids. So we have chosen media kids and that being the parent uh, of the shows and programs that we create, but Afro steam labs will be a live action show for where we'll have like a mad scientist and kind of like if you recall like the magic school bus and all these adventures that the kids will go on, but we're doing it for like live action. And the reason for that is because we see that our, our thesis is if we give young black kids an opportunity to create, to be curious and to innovate, that that is going to impact not only their behavior, but their career achievement, but also help with the you know, the steam pipeline of what is possible. So I'm super excited about that. And I'll I'll come back later as we, as we do that. But that being the, the biggest thing is Afro, Afro steam labs. And you can find us at chosen media kids.com at chosen media kids. I personally am at I am Liberty. So I am Liberty. And yeah, the beginning of the year is going to be a lot of content creation programs. So parents, if you've got a business or you are looking for ways to just understand more on editing and content creation, meet me there and we'll be happy to help you on your content creation journey. Dope. I dig it. Yo, if you need a narrator, don't forget about your friend T because like, you know, I, I can base out my voice and have like that voice of God, that deep, like yes. Morgan Freeman, big rich. So, you know, you know me, I'm always down to support and help. So this has been amazing. Afro Steam Labs, y'all look out for that. It's coming. Liberty, thanks so much for blessing the mic. Thank you, T. So wonderful to be here. Thank you all for listening and tuning in and make sure you, you heart it up, you share, you subscribe. 
all of that because T's doing big things here with Tiny Giants. All of that. All the things. Thanks so much. Tiny Giants is an audio companion to and the first chapter of my first book, Beyond Buzzwords. Social media, mobile, and other marketing buzzwords ain't the half of it. Available on Amazon. If you enjoyed this podcast, chances are good you'll like the book too. I'm proud to say that while the book has aged, it's not dated. Sure, some examples could be freshened up, but strategically, it's as rock solid as the day it was written. Not every author can say that. I encourage you to pick it up and leave me a rating and review. It really helps. I have like one rating on that book from my mom because she loves me. And I'm positive that you'll love it too. Head on over to tinygiants.tech for more episodes and whatever else I have going on. While you're there, leave me a voicemail with your question, comment, or feedback for improvement. I may play that voice recording on a future episode as I answer your question or address your concern. If you, your company, or school needs help with college, career, and creator readiness strategy or to book me to speak, drop me a line at t at tinygiants.tech. If you or someone you know is doing big things in small or not so small niches, or as we like to call them, tiny giants, and they will make a great guest for the show, email me at t at tinygiants.tech. Thanks for listening. And remember, you get big by going small, but to prioritize career over celebrity. But no matter what you choose, know that I'm rooting for you. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.